Chapter Five of the Cowardly Lion of Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Two Cowardly Lion Hunters. For a time, Nata and Bobup sat quietly under the tree, each busy with his own thoughts. The clown was repeating to himself Mustafa's warning and trying to recall some mention of such a country as Mudge in the geographies he had studied. The little boy was thinking that at this time yesterday he was calmly eating oatmeal and applesauce, with nothing more exciting ahead than lessons and bed. Perhaps he was asleep, and dreaming about lions and blue-whiskered mudgers. He touched Nata experimentally to see if he would disappear, or turned suddenly to the harsh-voiced matron of the orphan asylum. But the clown only turned a neat somersault, walked a few paces on his hands, and sat down again. "'Bob,' asked the clown, tilting his cap forward so he could scratch his ear, "'do I look like a lion-hunter?' Bob up shook his head slowly and almost laughed. Something inside tickled tremendously but he remembered just in time that laughing was against the rules of the orphan home, so he swallowed instead. "'We're both lion-hunters,' observed the clown reflectively. "'And, that being the case, we had better start hunting at once, for it would never do for the lions to find us first. It's like a game of hide-and-seek, Bob. So long as we are hunting him, this cowardly lion is it.' But if we stop hunting, then we're it. In a game of hide-and-seek with a lion, it's your hide or his. Being it means being et, hide-and-seek and all. Nata glanced slyly at Bob out of the corner of his eye to see whether he was going to smile. Bob was looking uncertainly at the forest, stretching so darkly ahead and thinking he would just as soon not play this game of hide-and-seek at all. But as Nada had already started toward the forest, there was nothing for him to do but follow. The short spring afternoon was drawing to a close, and a round silver moon showed faintly over the treetops. "'Things might be a lot better, and again they might be a lot worse,' mused Nada as they walked along under the trees. Why, if you were in the home, you would probably be eating cornmeal mush for supper, and— What are we going to have for supper, Nada? asked Bob, looking at the clown inquiringly. Well, hurrah! shouted the clown, turning a rapid cartwheel. You're getting on, my lad. Call me Nada as natural as a brother. As to supper, that depends on Mustafa. Let's see what the old rascal has given us. On a flat stump that happened to be near— Nata opened one of the packets and set out a regular feast. There were dozens of small meat sandwiches, there were ripe figs, a jar of honey, and a little jug full of blue tea, which they found most refreshing. After they had feasted, Nata carefully packed up the rest, and, feeling more cheerful, the two cowardly lion-hunters stepped along through the forest. "'I can't make out where we are at all,' said the clown presently. "'But in a country where lions talk and verses fling one about, it's safer to obey orders, don't you think so, Bob-up, my boy?' 
so long as we travel towards this emerald city we are obeying orders and are safe from mustafa's ring when we get there is time enough to worry about the cowardly lion now take an emerald city bob did you ever hear of such a place why it's as strange as blue whiskers and cowardly lions everything strange in fact i think we've fallen into one of these fairy tales i always had a notion they were true but the cowardly lion liked dorothy burst out bob quite unexpectedly so maybe he will like us he had been turning slowly over in his mind the few facts he had managed to read in the lion book why bless my heart cried the clown looking down at bob admiringly so he did and furthermore didn't that book say dorothy was from kansas bob up nodded solemnly well then everything's clear as candy notta turned a somersault from pure relief we'll go straight to this emerald city and tell our troubles to dorothy and when she learns that we are from the united states surely she will help us to get back and if we could take a couple of talking lines along our fortune would be made why even barnum and bailey never showed a talking lion notta was so enthusiastic by this time that he fairly bounced along but bob was growing sleepy he found it harder and harder to keep pace with notta's long legs and finally fell sprawling over the roots of a large tree notta had him up in a minute he <laughs> lights out chuckled the clown touching bob's eyelids gently well then let's go to bed it's too dark to go on anyway i don't see any beds sighed bob leaning wearily against the clown's knee neither do i admitted the clown but we'll just pretend we're flowers and sleep on the ground in a minute the clown had raked a pile of leaves together under the tree and placed bob carefully in the center are there any bears in this wood asked bob looking around doubtfully it was quite dark now and the moonlight sifting through the leaves made queer shapes out of all the shadows this isn't a bear forest said notta positively i think it's a fairy forest bob and that reminds me of a song i used to know reaching over notta pulled the little boy into his big comfortable lap and with a twinkle in his eyes he put his back against the tree and began to sing oh the moon's a balloon on a silvery string and the sandman holds on to it tight tis a ticklish task what would happen i ask if he let it fly off some fine night but he knows that there are seven points to a star that might puncture the moon and a steeple would finish it quite how we'd miss it at night for the moon means so much to some people there was another verse to the song and bob leaning drowsily against notta's chest thought he had never heard anything so perfectly beautiful he had never sat on a real lap before nor had a song sung especially for him so the little boy snuggled down contentedly his eyes straying to the moon just visible above the treetops why there was a string on it a bright silver string and a little old man was holding to the end just as notta had sung fast asleep muttered the clown holding bob a bit tighter 
and so he was fast asleep and dreaming of the sandman's balloon nara meant to keep awake for he was not so sure there were no bears in this dark forest but the day's experiences had so tired him that in a short time he was sound asleep himself no sooner had nara's eyes closed than a little bent ferryman came tiptoeing from behind the tree he held his lantern close to nara's face such a beautiful voice sighed the little fellow to himself it would be a shame to have it swallowed up by one of the forest creatures and this must be a child he held his lantern close to bob's red head he watched them for a while in silence then pulling his silvery beard thoughtfully set the little red lantern beside them and pattered off into the darkness Nata had been right it was a fairy forest every forest in the wonderful land of oz is a fairy forest inhabited by strange creatures and peoples but the clown's song had so pleased the old ferryman that he determined to protect the two strangers from all harm and though many bears and other beasts came snuffling past they dared not approach for the red lantern told them plainly it was claws off so grumbling and growling they went searching further for their dinners the little lantern disappeared with the first ray of sunshine and quite unconscious of the dangers they had slept through notta and bob awoke almost at the same minute well yawned notta winking the only eye he had open we're still here i see he rolled over and over and turned a dozen handsprings to get the kinks out of his back i've often wondered what made flowers so stiff and now i know it's sleeping on the ground i'm glad i'm not a flower aren't you bob bob nodded and hopped up quite briskly there was a fine breeze blowing and the day was so sunny and bright that he felt ready for anything and just to look at nara made him feel happy do you think we'll find the emerald city today he asked skipping along beside the clown who was making for a little brook just ahead well according to mustafa it ought to take three days answered nara but mustafa was never in a circus and anyone who has been in a circus can travel three times as fast as other folks so i shouldn't be surprised at all if we were to be eating our supper in this emerald city tonight if i had only wished old billy along he could have carried us in style the elephant exclaimed bob with round eyes the clown nodded and kneeling down on the edge of the brook began to splash water on his face and hands bob did the same and had just taken off his shoes in order to paddle properly when a cry from nara made him pause now i've done it wailed the clown dolefully jumping up and down what asked bob curiously washed my face nara pointed to his face which was quite red and shiny from the cold water and i haven't any powder have you any powder bob oh my cold pie it's hard enough to be funny with a white face but without one i simply could not joke at all <sighs> whatever's to become of us i'm no clown this way bob was terribly distressed 
for if Nada couldn't be funny, nothing would seem the same. He felt hastily in his pockets, not that he expected to find anything, but because he didn't know what else to do. And in the last one his hand closed on a bag of candy the old gentleman had bought for him at the circus. It was squashed and sticky from being slept on, but mechanically Bob handed it over. "'Why, it's marshmallows!' cried Nada in delight. "'Bob, you have saved the honor of my profession. We must preserve these carefully.' He patted his face with a small sugary marshmallow and surveyed his reflection with pleased satisfaction. "'I feel funny already,' he announced cheerfully. Bob was much relieved, and Nada did look more natural with his face whitened. "'Now for breakfast,' said the clown, licking the sugar off his lips. It was great fun, Bob thought, washing in a brook and having breakfast under the trees. After finishing off some more of Mustafa's sandwiches, they started quite briskly through the forest. "'I think the rules are going to work better today,' chuckled the clown. "'I will use disguise number three. Number three's a bear, Bob up. Now here's our program. First disguise, then politeness, then joke and run. We shall get along famously. Nada sprang into the air and clicked his heels together for very light-heartedness. Bob was thinking to himself that Nada's last disguise had not helped him much, but he was too polite to mention such a thing, and as there seemed to be no danger in sight, he trotted along contentedly stopping now and then to pick the bright blue flowers that grew everywhere under the trees. The forest was not so large as it had seemed in the night, and in an hour they had come to the end of it and started down a narrow lane. "'Well, we're still going north,' Nada looked complacently at a large signpost that stood at the beginning of the lane. "'North Road to D,' said the sign briefly. Wonder what D stands for. Because it can't sit down. The sign snapped out the sentence so suddenly that Nada tripped and fell over a stone, and Bob simply gasped with astonishment. They didn't paint any line for it to sit on, explained the signpost patiently. Where does this lane go to? gulped the clown, edging over and taking Bob's hand. It doesn't go any place. It stays where it is. See here, puffed the clown in exasperation. I never heard of a talking signpost, but so long as you can talk, you might give us a few directions. I only give one direction, and that's north. You can take it or leave it. Nada tried the post with a few more questions, but it just sniffed sulkily, and seeing no more was to be got out of it, the two hurried on. "'Maybe D stands for Dorothy,' said Bob, after a little silence. "'Maybe,' mused the clown, looking uneasily over his shoulder. "'But this is a strange country, and we'll have to take it as we find it. "'Hello, what's this?' A sudden turn brought them up short, for the lane was closed off by a grey wall, so high one could not possibly climb over and so wide that it would take days to walk round. And in the wall were seven heavy oak doors. 
This is the kingdom of doorways, announced the large sign posted halfway up the walls. Be sure to use the right door. But which is the right door? gasped the clown, half expecting the sign to answer him. There are seven, exclaimed Bob, who had been counting them up on his fingers. And only one of them is right, choked the clown anxiously. The two stood perfectly still, gazing in fascination at the seven doors. Which is the right door? repeated Nada, scratching his ear doubtfully. End of chapter 5